Welcome to Guided Way Ministries with Pastor Alan Rogers. In a fast-growing cold world, this message offers you the bread of life and an opportunity to drink from the fountain of living water. In this message, you will hear only the truth, and if you do not want to listen to it, turn it off. If you are hungry for revelation in the Word of God, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, if you are looking to be spiritually uplifted, be willing to listen, and listen with all your attention. For what you will hear in this message is not carnal, but spiritual. We hope you are blessed, edified, and fully rejuvenated in your spirit to continue with everyday life. Well, peace be unto you all. God has been really good to, to each and every one of us. Thank God for allowing us to see another day, allowing us to be here. God has been good to us. We are blessed to see another day. Today we're going to be talking about despising our youth, letting people despise our youth. And this goes for not only the children, but when you're a child, youth doesn't just mean as a little child. Youth also means as a newborn in Christ. You can be 80 years old and you just come to know Jesus and you're a baby in Christ. You could be 50 years old and you come to Jesus and you're a baby in Christ. Youth means a newborn, a new start. It doesn't just mean as a child physically. So as children physically, when they read or when they pray, we aren't supposed to put them down or that's not good enough or, or you, you, God doesn't talk to you because God will talk to a child just like he will talk to an adult. So as for the children, don't never let nobody make you think you can't do something. Don't let nobody say that you, you reading your Bible is a waste of time or you're not good enough to do that or God doesn't talk to people because he does. When you pray, he listens. When you talk to him, he listens. When you cry, he sees. He sees everything that we do and he cares about the children. In fact, he said, if us adults that think we're grown don't humble down like a little child, we will in no wise enter to the kingdom of God. We have to be humble like a child. We have to act like a child. When it comes to being uh, wanting to argue and get angry and fuss and fight, we have to be a man about that and know not to do it, but everything else was supposed to humble down like a child and be like a child. But the Bible says, let no man despise thy youth. We're going to be reading out of 1 Timothy. I'll be reading 1 Timothy 4, 11 through 16, Matthew 18, 10 through 14, Hebrews 4, 12 through 16, 1 Peter 1, 13 through 16, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 9, Hebrews 11, 6, Titus 2, 11 through 15. Let us rise. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for another day. Thank you, my God, for gathering us together one more time. Thank you, my Father, for everyone that is present today. My Father, let us be fed the bread of life and given that living water, my God, that out of our belly will flow rivers of living water. Lord, bless us to understand what the Spirit is saying today to us, my God. Don't let it be that I speak anything that I'm not supposed to speak, my God, but be with me and let us eat of that bread of life. Let this seed fall upon good ground that we may bring forth a hundredfold. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. 
So in 1 Timothy, the fourth chapter, beginning at the 11th verse, it says, These things command and teach. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attendance to reading and exhortation to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by the prophecy with the laying on of the hands. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them, that thy property may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. When it says, let no man despise thy youth, the youth means someone that is new, a young child, someone that has barely started something in God. So when you begin to change your life, it doesn't matter your physical age. When your life begins to change, you are a newborn baby in Christ. When you get baptized, you are born again. You're a baby in Christ. Don't let nobody say just because you were born yesterday or just because you're only a couple weeks in the Lord that God doesn't talk to you and that you are not as important as somebody that's been in Christ for a long time because that's not true. When you turn to God, you are equal in the sight of God as that person that has been with God. You are have the same authority, the same, you have the same opportunity. You can go to the same God. You can go boldly before the throne of grace, just like somebody that's been with God. You don't need to be with God for years and years and years before you can go to the throne of grace. Don't let nobody despise your youth. The word despise means to let down or to talk bad about or to make fun of or to belittle. Don't let nobody do that to you and it gets to you. But when they belittle you and they talk bad about you and they put you down, remember that the same God that rose Jesus is the same God that is with you. And what Jesus did, you could do. If Jesus overcame, we can overcome. There is no such thing as you have to be a full-grown adult with God for him to listen. He said, let no man despise your youth. Don't let them get you out of your, your situation of wanting to run for God, no matter what they say, no matter what comes your way, because the same power that an adult has is the same power that a child has when we're in Christ. God's not going to listen to me because I have a title of a pastor more than he's going to listen to Javi that just started changing his life. He's not going to listen to one more than the other. He's not going to listen to me more than the ones that just got baptized. He's not going to do that. Once you turn your life to God, he listens to you. He will not hear a sinner's prayer, but he sure does hear his children. He said God knows the hearts of the righteous. So don't let nobody tell you that you're not a mature in Christ. Yes, we do have to mature later on, but that comes with time. When our senses begin to be exercised and we begin to go from the sincere milk of the truth until the meat of the word of God, yes, that has to take place, but that doesn't happen overnight for anybody. There's not one child that went from newborn to 5 to 10 to 20 years old overnight. Nobody does that. So when you're a child in Christ, it's also going to take 
time to mature. It's going to take a lot of reading, a lot of fasting, a lot of praying, but then you will get more mature in Christ. But as you're growing, don't let nobody stop you. Don't let nobody belittle you because you're a newborn in Christ. It says, let no man despise thy youth. We're going to Matthew 18, 10 through 14. Take heed that ye despise not one of these little ones. For I say unto you, that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my Father which is in heaven. For the Son of Man is come to save that which was lost. How think ye, if a man have an hundred sheep, and one of them be gone astray, doth he not leave the ninety and nine, and go into the mountains, and seeketh that which is gone astray? And if so be that he findeth it, verily I say unto you, he rejoiceth more of that sheep than of the ninety and nine which went not, not astray. Even so it is not the will of your Father which is in heaven, that one of these little ones should perish. See, he's not talking about just physical youth. He's talking about somebody that was lost and then God went and found them. It doesn't matter your physical age. It matters what your walk is with Christ. So when you are a youth in Christ, whether you're physically young or you are spiritually young, don't let nobody stop you or put you down. He has more rejoicing over one sinner that comes to repentance over that newborn baby that was born than 99 people that have been with God the whole time. There's more rejoicing over that newborn baby than 99 people that have been with God. God loves children. In fact, he calls us his children. We are the children of God. Not one time in the Bible does it say, you guys are my men and women. He didn't, he didn't say all that. We are his children. He don't want a, too much of an adult. Because those people, when we get too grown up, we get stuck in our ways and we don't change. He likes a child because you can mold and make a child any kind of way you want them. Even when they want to go a certain direction, you can mold them and make them that that's not good and this is good. You have that ability because they're little. When you get to be my age, what you know, you know. And it's hard to change. You know, somebody can tell me, I read in the on an article that warming your car in the morning is bad for your car. I'm stuck and warming my car in the morning is a good thing. So that is not gonna change and I still do. Because when you get a certain age, what you believe is hard to change that. So God doesn't want us to be acting like adults. He wants us to be humble like a child where he can mold us and make us the way he wants us to be. Yes, he wants us to grow and to become exercised in our senses, but he wants us to remain humble as a child. So that when he says, go and do this and preach, when you get a child and you see that little child, and even if he's on something tall, and you say, jump. They will jump. The majority of them will jump. You guys, they may argue with you a little bit, but I got you. I'm not going to drop you. Jump. They'll jump. When you get to be my age, I don't know. I'm, I'm good. You can't catch me. I'm too heavy. It's not going to happen. I'm not jumping. Because what if you miss? Those are the thoughts that go through our head when we get to be grown. God doesn't want us to have those thoughts with him. When he says go, he wants us to just go, to trust him, to be obedient. He doesn't want us to start arguing within ourselves saying, well, I can get hurt, or this can go wrong, or that can go wrong. He wants us to just do it. He says go, we go. He says come, we come. He says sit, we sit. He wants us to be obedient without rationalizing what could go wrong. 
See, they told Paul, if you go, you're going to prison. But Jesus had told Paul to go. So then Paul said, why are you guys breaking my heart? I'm not ready to go to prison. I'm ready to die. Because if Jesus says go, I'm going. I don't care what people say. I'm going to do this because Jesus told me to do this. It doesn't matter how long you've been with God. It doesn't matter how short of a time you've been with God. Just be obedient. He wants us to be obedient. Don't let nobody put you down. We're going to Hebrews 4, 12 through 16. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. But all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but uh, but was in all points tempted, like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Amen. It says, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word the word of God. We have to set an example in the word of God and his word is sharper than any two-edged sword. When we know the word of God, when people begin to despise us and they begin to talk bad about us and they begin to put us down and say that we're this and that and going on, we know the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. We can rely on the word of God. We need to set that example that we will not fall because Jesus has our back. He is the one standing with us. He is the one holding our hand. He is the one leading us and guiding us. We have nothing to worry about. When we set an example in word, that means that the word word also means your thought, your reason behind what you're doing, and the motive why you're doing what you're doing. See, sometimes we do something and it looks one way, but the motive behind it is a whole different story. We might help somebody, but the motive behind helping that person is so that we can get a profit or we can get gain. Now, when Jesus sees our motive, that's what the Word of God is. It's so sharp. It knows your thoughts. It knows the intentions, why you were doing it. It knows your motive behind it. It knows what motivated you to do that in the first place. That's why we need the Word of God every single day so that when the devil does say something, this Word of God will cut it and divide it and let you know this is not what I want for you. When the devil tries to tempt you and he tries to come at you, you can know that is not from God. You will know the motive behind it. He came to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He's offering me something that looks good to the eye, but the end thereof is the way of death. He's offering me freedom of way of speaking, but it's a trap that he set for me. The Bible will let you know right from wrong. It will discern what is good and bad for you. If we keep the Bible, the word of God in our hearts, we will be able to fight. We will be able to stand up and win because the battle is not ours, it's God's. So we don't have to be put down. We don't have to be stuck. We don't have to be bound by the things and the temptations of this world. Jesus went through it all. The devil cannot tempt us with anything that Jesus did not already go through. And if he could make it, we could make it. And how did he win? He quoted scripture every time he had to. The devil would say something, he would answer back. Not according to anything but what was written. Because that 
the word of God is sharp. It'll cut you down. If you're a sinner, it'll break you apart. You'll find yourself on your knees begging and pleading and crying and asking God for forgiveness when he begins to speak to you. Because it will go in there and begin to show you this is wrong. you got to get rid of this. And here's the truth. And when you begin to let that sink in, you begin to change. Things in your life begin to change when the word of God begins to go in. There's no such thing as the word of God going into your life and doing nothing. That's impossible. When the word of God goes in your heart, things will begin to change because it does not come back to God void. It will accomplish all that it was set out to be. We're going to 1 Peter 1, 13 through 16. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance, but as he with hath called you as holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. The word conversation in this text means your behavior, your manner of life. When Jesus says, set an example, it says, Let no man despise your youth, but be thou an example in word, in conversation. It means in your behavior. Set an example in your behavior, in the way you live. Don't just be in church one day and look some sort of type of way and then you go home and your whole character and everything is different at the house. And then you go to the store and you're around people so everything has to change to fit that group of people. That's not the way we're supposed to live. The way we live today in the church is supposed to be the way we live at our jobs, around our friends. We're supposed to set that example in our behavior in the way that we live no matter who is around. We're supposed to have that same example. When we're in the church, when we're in the store, when we're talking to people that don't want to know God, we're supposed to still set that example. We're supposed to always be the same in the way that we live. Serving God is not something we do. Serving God is supposed to be a lifestyle. It's not supposed to be just something that we do. It's supposed to be the way that we live day and night, not just something we do. So when he says set an example in conversation, it means in your behavior and in the way you live in charity. We're supposed to set an example in charity. Charity means love. Love is God. God is love. We have to set an example through love. We don't gain people through arguing or pointing the finger and, and judging people. We get people being love and respect. Jesus, when he was here, there's not one place in the Bible that I could remember where he told people they were wrong. The sinners. All he would say is go and sin no more lest the worst thing come upon you. Or he told the lady when they said we caught her in the very act. He didn't say yeah you did. He told her where are your accusers. And she said I have none after he wrote on the ground. And then he said neither do I condemn thee. He never said what you did was wrong. You did this and you did. He didn't say all that. Now when it came to people that were supposed to be godly people. The Pharisees and the priests. And those are the ones that he rebuked because they knew better. They just weren't doing better. So we don't point fingers. We're supposed to be in charity and love. We're supposed to love people. Don't point the finger. Don't judge people. Just if God tells you to say something, by all means say it. You know, because that's how God is. He pulls you out of the fire. He gets you out of the problems. He tells you right from wrong. But not to judge somebody to say they don't deserve forgiveness. Everybody, I should say nobody, deserves forgiveness. But we all need 
forgiveness. That's one thing that we definitely need. There's not a human being that can say, well, I don't need forgiveness because I haven't done anything wrong. That, that right there would be a lie. We were born in sin, so we all need forgiveness. So we need to be an example in love, to welcome those that are cast away, to visit the prisoners, to go to the fatherless, to help the poor. These are what God told us to do. To set this example in charity, we're going to 1 Corinthians 13, 4 9. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not, charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, does not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. Amen. God is love, and we need to set that example in love. We need to do it. And then it says in spirit, not just with your words. The Bible says, don't tell me you love me in word, but show me that you love me. Don't just tell me. You can say, I love you, Jesus, all day long, and you don't keep his commandments. And he says, you don't love me. You can tell each other, I love you, I love you, I love you, and go talk about, about each other behind their backs. Won't lift a finger to help each other. That's not called love. I know some people that used to say, oh man, I love you. And I say, you don't even know me. You don't love me. This day and age, that word love comes out so fast by everybody. You can go to the store and just do something like, man, I love you to death. You don't know me. You don't. That word love just is flying out there. But when it comes to Jesus, he says, don't tell me you love me. Show me you love me by keeping my commandments, by helping the people, by giving yourself. Don't be always worried about you, you, you. Worry about somebody else. Worry about how their welfare is, how they're doing. It's not all about us. It's about everybody else. In another scripture, he says, esteem one another better than yourself, which means I'm supposed to look at you and just automatically say, you know what? They're better than I am. I need to serve them. You're supposed to look at each other and be like, you know what? They're better than me. I need to serve them. We're supposed to want to serve one another, not always want to be served. That is the definition of love. When Jesus was here, he didn't get served. He served. They didn't wash his feet. He washed their feet. He did that. And he told them, I am the master. I am the Messiah. But this is what I'm doing. I'm serving you. And now when I go to my father again, you need to go serve one another. Love one another. Help one another. He says in spirit, not just in word. How many times have we done something? Well, I know I've done something just because I felt obligated to do it. But my heart was nowhere there. Like I didn't want to. I'll help you, but I really wish I didn't need to. That's not the kind of behavior we're supposed to have. But when you go to Jesus and then you help somebody, you help them from the inside. You help them because you want to, not because you need to or you feel obligated. You have a joy when you can help somebody out. It gives you such a satisfaction when you can give yourself to help somebody out. It makes you feel good about yourself inside. Well, it does me anyway. So this is what it means. Do it in spirit, not in just your words, not in the outward appearance. Do it inwardly. That is where it counts. He says in faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. When we serve God, when we're setting this example, when people begin to put us down and despise us, we're supposed to have the same kind of faith that knows that God is watching. He is the one that told me to do this. I'm going to do it no matter what I face. He says, don't fear man, fear God. Man can only go so far. They can only do what God allows them to do. But God, there is no one 
that tells him what he can and can't do. So we need to fear God always and have that same kind of faith. We're going to Hebrews 11, verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen. When we go to God in prayer, we have to have faith. No matter what we do, if we preach to somebody, if we exhort somebody, if we try to lift somebody up, if, no matter what we do, we need to do it in faith. Because if we're doing it out of faith, it's not going to work. We need to do it in faith, knowing that Jesus is the one that sent us to do what we're doing. We don't do anything of our own, not when it comes to being spiritual and good. So we need to do everything in faith. And then it says in purity, not thinking bad. Well, if I do this, then you owe me. That's not a pure mind. You, we need to do it just because we want to. I was talking not too long ago with somebody about preachers uh, a lot of times these days. They won't even preach unless they get paid. I went to one church and uh, the guy, he was sitting behind the pulpit. He was getting ready to preach. And the congregation wasn't as big as he had expected. And he straight up got up and said, if I'm not going to make an X amount of dollars, I'm not preaching. And I just looked at him. Wow, we're not supposed to preach like that. He said, freely you have received, freely give. You didn't go and pay and buy the knowledge of God. He just gave it to you. When you read your Bible and he said, this is the revelation, this is what I mean, you didn't go pay for that. There's no way I could pay for everything that God showed me in this Bible. It's impossible. So when you receive it freely, you're supposed to give it freely. If he gives you the power to lay hands on the sick and they recover, you don't charge people. That's not your power to begin with. If he gives you the ability to pray, you're not supposed to pray to get paid. You're supposed to pray just because Jesus is the one doing everything, not you. I can't believe what I heard. And he didn't preach. He didn't. He walked out of the church. When we do something for God, we're not supposed to want to get something in return. The only thing that we want to get in return is for Jesus to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. And the money can't buy what he has in store for us. There's no mansion on this earth that is like the one up there. They don't even have that much money, I don't think, in this world to pave the street in pure gold. They, don't, they ain't got it like that. We see some really nice mansions and they're multi-million dollar homes. But let me tell you something, their gates are still made out of wood. But the one in heaven is made out of one big solid diamond and another one of an emerald and another, every gate, 12 gates, 12 humongous pearls. There is nobody in this world that rich. But that's where we get to go if we serve God. So why would we want this little bit of change down here when we can do it for free and what God has given us, give to each other. And at the end of the day, we hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Then our riches will be all set up for us. We ain't got to worry about nothing. The Bible says, what will a man give in exchange for his soul? And another scripture says, if you gain the whole world and lose your soul, what does it you can walk around here the richest man and just have everything you want. And your life is still only going to be so long. And then when you die, you can't even take it with you. They can fill your coffin with money if they want to, but you can't use it. You're gone. And when you stand before God and you don't have treasure in heaven, and you're standing there broke and naked because you don't have the robe of righteousness, that's going to be a sad day because that's eternity. This world is temporary, but that's an eternity. That will never change. 
you don't get a second chance. So let's do these things. Let us set an example in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Let us do that today so that no matter what we go through, we know that Jesus is with us and he will not suffer us to go through anything more than we can bear. And at the end of the day, we will hear, well done. Paul said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. We need to do that. We need to make sure that we do that. We're going to Titus 2, 11 and 15. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. Don't let nobody get you out of your game. Don't let nobody make you change your mind. Don't let nobody stop you from running to God. Don't let anybody despise you. Though they talk, though they say, though they may do a lot of things. Back in the day, they were sawn asunder, they were stoned, they were beheaded, but it never stopped them. Today, I really do praise God that we're in this day and age that I don't see that many stoning and sawn asunders and, and, and all of that. It's a great, very good time right now that we don't have to worry about all that. It may end up getting back to that, but right now, it's not. So let us serve God the most we can now, so that if it does get hard, we won't waver. We won't budge. We won't move. Because right now, it's easy. Very easy. Back then, they couldn't say Jesus, or you were going to prison. They, Paul, that was his sole mission was to throw people in prison and get them killed if they called on the name Jesus or taught about Jesus or anything. That was his mission to do that. And he went from house to house. He was on it. He didn't play that game. He went from house to house to make sure that he either got him killed or thrown in prison, but they were going to stop. And that never stopped him. They still did it. They still held on to the faith. We're not going through that today, so we really don't have an excuse. Stick to the faith. Be an example of the believers. And one day, when Jesus calls us home, we will be able to say, you know, all my fight was well worth it. When he wipes all the tears from your eyes, and you ain't got no more pain, no more suffering, no more wondering about who's going to pay the bills. How am I going to take care of my child? My child is sick and running a fever and I can't do anything. And the insurance doesn't cover this and the insurance doesn't cover that. And I don't know what I'm going to do when my car payments do and my truck's breaking down. We don't have to worry about none of that anymore. All of that is going to be a thing of the past. The Bible says that it is so great up there till we won't even remember one of these days of how great it is up there. I am willing. Whatever you guys got to go through right now, just let me get up there. The children of Israel, they used to sin against God, and then they would say, Lord, do unto us what seems good unto you. Just take me out of this situation. So that's what I pray. I said, Lord, let me go through what I got to go through. Just let me make it in. Let me hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. I don't care what it costs down here. I don't care what I have to go through down here because it's just temporary. It's not going to be for an eternity. But hell and heaven, that is an eternity. There is no second chance. There's no redoing it. There's none of that. Once this body goes back to the ground and your spirit goes back to God that gave it to you, that's it. And when you, when this body goes and you see your new body, 
If you ain't got that robe of righteousness, you already know the end of that story. You can try to go get covered by the mountains and the rocks, but that's not going to help you. Let us hold on to God's unchanging hand. And may the grace of our Jesus Christ be with you. We're going to open the altar if anyone needs prayer, just come up. Lord, I want to
My God, bless him and keep him, oh Lord, under the shadow of your wings until the danger passes by my Father. You said, Simon, the devil is desired to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith fails not. My God, pray for each and every one of us that our faith will fail not, my God. Lord, I know that the devil came to kill, to steal, and to destroy, but you came that we might have life. Pray for us, Jesus, that our faith fails not. In the mighty name of Jesus, my Father, lift us up and strengthen us. Lord, unite our hearts to fear your name. In Jesus' wonderful, mighty name. My Father, I thank you when I praise you, my God. Remember Darnell, oh Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus. My Father, you said, ask and it shall be given. My Father, you said to let our words be few. You said, hold your peace and see the salvation of the Lord. You said, study to be quiet. My Father, let her speak what she's supposed to speak. But let her hold her peace when she's supposed to hold it. Don't let just anything come out of her mouth, my God. But teach her when to talk and when not to talk, my God. In the mighty name of Jesus, my Father, you be the words that come out of her mouth, my God. In Jesus' wonderful mighty name. Lord, I thank you when I praise you, my God, for all that you have done. Lord, remember all the children, my God. Lord, the children need you, my God, more than ever before, oh, Lord God. Remember every child, my God, in Jesus' wonderful, mighty name. My Father, remember all of your children everywhere, oh, Lord God. My God, bless them and protect them. Protect their minds. Protect their hearts, oh, Lord God. Protect their eyes. Protect their ears, my God. Put a hand around these children that the devil cannot get through, oh, Lord God. In the mighty name of Jesus, my God, remember these children, oh, Lord God. Don't let the world look so appealing until they be drawn into it, my God. But protect them when they're in the schools. Protect them when they're out there playing. Protect them, my God, no matter where they go. And you will be with them, my God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, don't let the devil have his way in their lives, my God. But strengthen these children. Let them know right from wrong. Let them know when to choose the good and to refuse the evil. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, keep sickness away from them, my God. And bless them and strengthen them in Jesus' wonderful name. And bless all of us to humble down like a little child that you will be able to mold us and to make us after your own will in Jesus' wonderful mighty name. My God, teach us how to be an example in word and conversation, in charity, in spirit, in truth, in purity. Teach us how to set that example that our light will shine, that everyone will see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. Don't let it be that we let any 
anybody despise our youth, my God. Don't let it be that we give in, but give us the strength to stand. Give us the wisdom and understanding to answer everyone that we need to answer, that we will be up to teach in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, put a word in all of our mouths, my God. Put a word in all of our hearts, oh Lord God, that it will grow and that it will yield a tree of life in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, give us all the testimony of Jesus. Give us all the spirit of prophesy, my God, in the name of Jesus, that we may prophesy to this world, oh Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Don't let us fall, my God. Don't let us faith for well-doing, but let us hold on until the end, in the mighty name of Jesus, that we will hear well done, my good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord. My God, that's what we want to hear. Lord, I don't care what it costs today. Let me hear well done. I don't care what I have to go through. Let me hear well done. I want that testimony, my God, that they pleased God in the mighty name of Jesus. You said whatsoever is not a faith is sin. Bless us to have faith, my God. Bless us in the mighty name of Jesus, uh, to have faith in all that we do uh, in Jesus' wonderful mighty name. Thank you, my God. Lord, I thank you for gathering us together one more time. Lord, bless us and keep us and hide us under the shadows of your wings until the danger passes by. In Jesus' name we pray. What do you want the Lord to say? Yeah. 
listening to this message as I hope it has been a blessing to you. Our goal is to show you the path of life and an opportunity of a lifetime. It is Christ's love and support that makes this opportunity possible. Please visit Guided Way Ministries online for more products, partnership, or to join. Visit us on Anchor to become a listener supporter. May God bless you, may He keep you, may He shine His face always upon you, and may He forever keep you.